Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday, May 10th. Um, May 10th. I have no pun for the 10th of May. It is not May the 4th. Um, <laughs> today, we have Bailey. We have Dan with us. Welcome, Dan. Welcome back. You just said two episodes back to back. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, ba- I'm, a, I'm a regular now. <laughs> I'm a regular. Dan, we'll have a recurring segment where Dan gives us his hot takes on things. Um, me and Dan just finished watching an episode of Better Call Saul. And (laughs) that was as tense as it was um, almost fillery. I feel like that one was kind of a filler, but I mean, they also did do some things and move the plot forward. It's like, it's hard to call any episode a filler because we could rewatch it. And all of a sudden it has, it's just loaded with super important scenes that were overlooked at the time. Yeah. So good at that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but uh, Bailey, what about you? What have you been up to? Have you, are you caught up on Downton Abbey yet? I was about to give you guys an update. I have like three <laughs> episodes left. Um, yeah, I have like three or four episodes left of Downton Abbey and then the the movie. And then I'll be able to watch Atlanta. I'll be able to finally watch the rest of Star Trek that I've been missing out on. Um, are you watching the new ones that are coming out on Paramount Plus? Yeah, I am. I, I need to finish Discovery, the latest season of Discovery. And then my wife and I will watch Picard. What's the um, newest one that they just released? Is it uh Strange Worlds? I hear that one's actually pretty darn good. Yeah, speaking of spoilers, Anson Mount had a really strange week last week with the premiere of Strange Worlds and then Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, so Yeah, I mean uh, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Black <laughs> He plays uh Black Bolt or I, I it was like Blackagon Boltagon. Oh, he plays uh he plays I I know who you're talking about. But uh yeah, okay. The I, I didn't brain know that suit. he's in I didn't know that balloon he's in balloon um, head. Yeah. Balloon head. <laughs> we'll just keep we'll just give all of these we'll just give all of these things that happened in that movie a, a gross name. But um mm-hmm. we also got our first look at Thor, uh Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman as Thor and the Mighty Four. Um what did you guys think about this? Uh, she's excited. Yeah. <laughs> she's That's the exact same thing my wife said. I'm... I'm scared of her. Like, <laughs> if I were to come across Natalie Portman, like I, I would run away out yeah. of fear. Have you guys seen the Natalie Portman uh, SNL raps? No, I've not. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, Natalie Portman is an actress that I, I really respect just because she has not really been in the spotlight for anything like bad. Uh huh. But she like speaks three languages, went to Harvard, and these raps are about how she's like. She smokes weed all the time, and she cheated in Harvard. Anyway, they're just super funny. <laughs> of course, as any well-respecting rapper uh, would do, uh, cheat in Harvard. Um, speaking of well-respecting rapper, quick plug for Kendrick Lamar, who just dropped a new single. I know you guys don't listen to Kendrick, but he's he's a goat. Uh, I did listen to the song after I saw your story on Facebook. Did you I, I did like, you watch the video? No, I haven't watched the video yet. Oh, it's art. It's pure 
art. It's so. Is good. it like Childish Gambino? This is America art, so, or so, so that's one type of art where it's like all these things. But basically, he just like raps, and he's he has deep faces of black celebrities thrown onto him while he's rapping about things. So he's talking about being in a bulletproof rover and OJ Simpson's on his face. He's talking about being bipolar and Ken, and uh, Kanye West is thrown onto his face. And like at the very end, the last verse, he raps about death and dying and he like throws on Kobe Bryant and another late rapper, Nipsey Hussle onto his face. It's just, oh, he's just so good. I I love Kendrick more than anything. More than- I'll have more to check th- out the video. Yeah, it's great. It's transcendent. So now we'll move into our discussion on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Full spoilers will follow. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you know, skip all the way to the end or just wait, save this podcast, then come back and let us know your thoughts when you've seen it. But let's just get into it. Um, starting from the top, how did you guys feel about this movie? Like, I liked it. Okay, Dan liked it. Very, very clear. <laughs> It's got issues, but it's so much fun. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the trailers represented this as a different movie than what it actually was. Mm -hmm. But I I saw it a second time on Saturday. And after having my expectations simmer down a little bit, second viewing was way better. Um, I enjoyed it so much more. All the cameos I enjoyed a lot more. And the storyline I enjoyed... I I was just taken out of it a little bit in certain aspects of it because of how fast the plot was going and there wasn't really enough time to breathe or digest this movie. And so like even after in our last episode, I didn't have that much time to think about this movie. Mm -hmm. And after the second viewing, I feel like it was way easier to digest the second time around. Oddly enough... (laughs) I feel like this that's the only the earliest remember the earliest movie I remember having that feeling about was Ratatouille. <laughs> and then after years later I rewatched it and thought, man, that movie's actually a lot more digestible than I thought it was when I was seven. But um I I liked it. I feel like it was very clunky. My wife was like in love with it. Um and maybe that's a discussion we'll get into it. But like, you know, it was very like horror or even like kind of gory in certain parts. And but I like I love the Sam Raimi. That's really what I was a fan of. Yeah, I love the horror elements, like the blood soup from Black Bolt, the spaghetti noodles from Fantastic Four or Mister Fantastic. Yeah, so um, good. We'll just start from the top here. Uh, Bailey's written out some questions here. So first off, whose film was this? Uh, you've said Doctor Strange, Wanda, and America. For me, it's a Wanda movie. I, I'm a little torn on this because this is the first MCU movie where a hero is portrayed as the villain, and that's Wanda. Like, the, I think if we didn't get WandaVision, this wouldn't make any sense at all, and because we've had so much background for Wanda instead of Doctor Strange, her portrayal stands out so much more. Than mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch's performance as Doctor Strange. I don't know. I don't know if that changes your perspective on that or if it gives anything to you guys, but I, I just feel that WandaVision really stepped up her storyline and brought her. It made it more convincing for her to be the villain of this movie. 
Yeah, or I think this movie was kind of a big retread of Strange's arc from the last movie, where he goes from, you know, arrogant and and very smug, and then at the end he realizes he has it's not just all about him, and they they kind of work with it a little bit. He's not as full of himself at the beginning of this, but Wanda definitely has a more complete arc where we see her, uh, kind of her fall from grace, her corruption through the dark hold, and then at the end where she, uh, kind of comes to herself. And, you know, those last moments. So I think she has a more satisfying emotional arc than Strange for sure. They keep asking Strange, like, oh, are you happy? I was just are about to happy? say this. And he, they, they don't really dive into that theme very much. There's no real introspection from theme, from Strange. They, you know, they keep asking him and he kind of asks himself, but doesn't really feel like it concludes anywhere. And I felt like it was almost very hand-holding the way they kept bringing that up. Like, I remember at the beginning yeah. of the movie, they asked you, you know, are you happy? Are you happy, Steven? And at the very end, they, he asked someone else, like, oh, are you really happy? And I was like, oh, why don't you just tell me what you want me to think about at the end of this movie here, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm not going to... If he hadn't have said that, I probably wouldn't have even remembered it the first time they, they came about it. Because I don't feel like... Like, yeah, I, I feel like for me, you know, like kind of on the head, it didn't feel super satisfying, his emotional arc. I just feel like Wanda had the most... I feel like... Wanda was the was the one who seemed to like actually struggle with I don't know I feel like it was just a Wanda movie and to be fair I just thought about this as I was talking I almost feel like if you just cut America Chavez out of this you could have a leaner movie yeah you could but then it it makes it harder to explain the multiversal stuff because like in the comics I hate to rely on the comics on this but no 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 please only that's, that's why you're here Bailey <laughs> The only multiversal travel that we've seen besides Avengers and Endgame was through America Chavez, who can travel the multiverse. And it's definitely seeming like Marvel is going with the young Avengers route within introducing Miss Marvel, Billy and Tommy, Wiccan and Speed, a.k.a. um, their their superhero alter egos. Um, Miss Marvel, I think I said that already. Hawkeye. And probably more people that are coming in the future. And so the cool thing about that storyline is it's probably coming a lot sooner than we think because of, in the comics, the way that that theme is formed is because the Avengers disbanded, which they already have. And so I imagine that we'll be getting either a Disney Plus show, which is probably more likely than a movie for another Young Avengers movie. So let me ask you this really quickly. Dan, do you have something to add? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually glad that they didn't have like an America Chavez movie or show before this to introduce her, because I don't think prior to this she would have had enough to do to justify having a whole series. I think it would have been like a Morbius movie. I I think that's how it would have it would have felt. It's like, oh, the only reason that this exists is to introduce her for something else. Because yeah. while I definitely feel like she was kind of just slotted into this movie, into doctor strange and she didn't have a lot of background um and we didn't she didn't she was kind of just a MacGuffin. i was gonna say she plot. is the MacGuffin. she's the MacGuffin, and then the book of ashanti's a MacGuffin. it's anyway there's a lot of issues i have with this plot but i'm glad that they went that route rather than giving us way too much backstory for something that didn't need it i i did like her performance as america chavez i, I am really like I am like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum on this one. I I enjoyed her acting as far as that goes, um, but yeah, she was the MacGuffin, which made it harder to 
to handle that because you look at the character in a different lens. Mm-hmm. But as far as the portrayal of the character, her backstory and how she portrayed it um, and the emotion that she gave in certain scenes, I, I think that that was well done to introduce the character. But as far as things go with her character, I'm excited to see how she brings this character to life in future projects. Yeah, for me, I just don't feel like she did it for me, really. Like, again, I was more interested in Wanda. And even, like, even Strange or Rachel McAdams' character, you know, I feel like they had a lot... When they were on the screen, you know, they were doing a lot of things. I just feel like America Chavez, I I don't know. She was always in peril, so maybe it's a tough call. Maybe it's a tough beat for her, you know? She's there for a lot of heavy-handed exposition, which is nothing on the actress. It's, you know, kind of the just the merits of the script. Um, I think her performance itself was fine. I don't think the script did her any service. Yeah. I think that's... the best performance was Elizabeth Olsen, though. Oh, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think... So do you think at the end of this movie, do you think she's dead? For real? Oh, no, she's not dead. I don't think so. And I'll get into it a little bit more at the end. I think she's dead in our universe. Because mm. I feel like... What is it? I feel like it's almost like one of those things where Marvel's like ready to hit you with the punch but you know they're not going to actually pull that punch. You know what I mean? Like they're it's like they're they're teasing like, "Oh wow, Scarlet which is really dead." But even then it's not confirmed. Nothing in the end of the movie says, "Oh, she's really dead." You know, you see the tower fall, all this stuff, but like they're always leaving it open to where if she does want to come out, she can be she can come out as alive out of that situation. She's a witch, so who yeah. knows what her powers are? Maybe she can teleport yeah, maybe she was dreamwalking from another universe into that body and killed her, but really she's still fine. Um, but also, yeah, Scarlet, which is super fun. I love the horror. I feel like, really quick question, do you think this was a PG-13 movie? There's a big debate going on right now. Like, do you think it should have been R? Like, like that they, they should have shown more gore and been more graphic with it and just committed to it? Do you feel like, no, I feel like, do you feel like they got away with the PG-13, like they snuck this under the censors? Or do you feel like it was fine for PG? It was just like almost at the limit of what a PG-13 movie is. Here, I'd, I, say, I'd say it's a hard PG-13. I don't think it passed it, though. Yeah. I agree with that. If you look at movies like Temple of Doom with the face burning off, uh-huh. um, I, I, I that's the movie I think of. That's a PG-13 movie, I believe. Or maybe even PG. But that scene as a kid for me was extremely terrifying. Yeah. And I think that this this movie had those kind of elements, but CGI makes it so realistic that it pushes the boundaries of that. Whereas Indiana Jones, if you rewatch it now, you can tell that it's absolutely fake and practical. Yeah. Well, so so I kind of want to get more into this, and I maybe ask this prematurely because I want to get back into it when we talk about this next topic, which is the Illuminati. It heavily teased in the trailer. You know they're going to show up in this movie, and then we get the people who are in the Illuminati. So in order of appearance, I believe you have uh, Captain what's it? I, I, Peggy Carter. Captain Carter. Well, yeah, Baron Mordo. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Baron Mordo, who is um, an inhuman. Chimitel Ejiofor. Oh well, yeah, he's part of the he's part of the Illuminati, I guess. 
He's kind of more like their jester <coughs> or their court yeah. man. He's he's kind of he's he's that guy that when people walk in the court, they say, "Please rise for the honorable judge Patrick Stewart." <laughs> <laughs> but um, you have Peggy Carter who shows up. You have um, the the Captain Marvel, Rambo. Is, yeah, Captain Monica Rambo. Yeah, who's but now the, the Monica, Mar- the Maria Rambo. Yeah, yeah, Maria Rambo, who is now the Captain Marvel in that in that universe. You have the Inhuman character. What's his name, ba- Bailey? Black in, Bolt. Yeah, Black oh, Bolt Bailey. is his name in the. It's okay, Dan. You were right. Um, <laughs> his name in the in the comics is Black Bolt, but they went with his full name, which is Blackagon, Blackagolt, or back I <laughs> Bakugan Bionicle. Ty Aquarius, Solidarius. Um, yes, um, that no, Kane Peel lineup. <laughs> it's definitely hard to pronounce. I think it's Blackagon. I can't remember it. Definitely a super normal name. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely right on par with like Chad. I will name. I will name my next <laughs> child that Blackagon. <laughs> so then, and then you had uh, John Krasinski playing Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, which I cheered when that happened straight up in the theater. I just kind of oh, was like, my Ooh. theater, my theater lost its mind. Yeah, I cheered I when think... I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Before the movie was released, so if you can't, if I'm you still no, pissed at those foreign accounts. Yeah, you can't see it, but Bailey's fuming. I can see it in his face. I can see it in his cheekbones. And then a Patrick Stewart reprises his role as Professor X, but is the Professor X from Bailey guessed it, the X Men '97 universe, because even the music cue that played when he came in mm-hmm. is the theme from the uh, the old X Men '97 show, which makes me think that we may get some really cool cameos in the x-men 98 series that's coming to disney plus yeah so those were those were that was the illuminati um reactions guys what do you think about this illuminati here oh i lost my mind when john john krasinski uh came on screen and i mean everyone did really well i i know a lot of people say it's just fan service but i think it's good fan service where it serviced the plot um, and at, no one felt shoehorned in in any way that they they shouldn't. Also, like I was kind of cheering for Wanda in those scenes. Like they're just uh they're so fun watching her just massacre them one by one. Yeah, this is th- that scene where she goes through them. That's when I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty gnarly. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, that's when I went from being like this movie's okay to like okay, I like this. <laughs> I agree that is with you, full. Dan. That is full I, Raimi showing. Oh yeah, I lost it when uh, Anson Mount showed up as Black Gone Black Gold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we only say the full name on this pod. Yes. Um, the reasoning is because I actually stuck out through the Inhumans TV show on ABC. That was absolute trash. And the heroes heroes should have been portrayed as the villains. And I'm completely joking. I didn't really give a crap about him showing up. Um, it was cool <laughs> to see him in his comic accurate costume instead of just the X-Men leather suit that he got for that show. Um, but John Krasinski, man, oh man. That was, that was phenomenal. Finally seeing this, the fans get something that they've always wanted. It was just beautiful. It's like something the internet manifested into existence. Yeah, exactly. So, Lynn, here's my question. Here's the big. Here's the big question I had coming out of this movie, and I'll ask it right here because we're on it. 
do you think this means he will be Mr. Fantastic in the future? I think if they went any other route, the fan backlash they would get would be insurmountable for whatever other poor actor would have to take on that role. I agree with Dan on this one. And I feel like they haven't announced anything yet because John Krasinski has, he's come out and said that he's very hesitant to join the universe. He, He wants to, he wants to direct a Marvel film. He wants to star in Marvel films. But he's also said that he doesn't know if he has 10 years in him to devote to the MCU. And the cool thing about the MCU in its current state is that they haven't been, their contracts haven't been tying these people down for 10 years anymore, like they did with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. And so I think that, honestly, I think John Krasinski was waiting until the fan reaction and how they inter- how they received his performance and everything. So he got a taste of what it was like to be in the MCU before he made any final decisions about his contract. That'd be a smart play on him. It really would be. And so I honestly, I don't think that he, I, I absolutely think that he will be in the Fantastic Four movie. And Do you think he'll the, direct it too? Sorry, finish your thought. Honestly, yes, because of after John Watts coming out and saying that he wasn't going to be directing it, I think that Sony really wants him back for Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6, the college trilogy, and or whatever they're going to call it. And I'm I'm really hopeful that we'll be getting an announcement in the next couple of months about about him directing this. Him directing Spider-Man, not at home. <laughs> <laughs> Sp- or just Spider-Man no kicked home. out of the house. <laughs> yeah, kicked out of his home. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that'd be super fun. I think honestly, he appeared, and I thought that's super kind of like that was super good. And the more <coughs> I watched him, Excuse the me. more I thought I would really like to see him as Reed Richards, even if it was just like a trial. I really want to see him in a full movie playing Reed Richards. You know? Oh, hundred percent. And with him comes everyone wanting Emily Blunt, Sue Storm which I think she would be awesome in that role. They should just let the fans cast these movies because like those I mean, two we basically would be great. are at this point. Zach Efron is the fan cast for Human Torch. They could really go with anybody for the thing. But I don't know. I I don't know your guys' thoughts on no. that, but They're going to cast uh, Vin Diesel as the thing. Um no. he's just going to reveal the voice. <laughs> <laughs> All he says is this is family. <laughs> all the mocap work will be done by Andy Serkis and Vin Diesel will do the voice <laughs> well Vin Diesel is Groot already so he's already done work for, for Marvel yeah yeah I know but um, and then you said you have written here that Patrick Stewart and Elizabeth Olsen both want to return as X-Men yeah um, they yeah they both want to return Patrick Stewart has said that he's done playing Picard after season 3 but he says that he's not done playing Professor Xavier, or he doesn't want to be done playing Professor Xavier after this performance, which is interesting because he he stated a while back during the interview for the first season of Picard that he wasn't keen to returning as Professor X in the MCU. He did say that he had already met with Kevin Feige, and so there were all the rumors that he was going to be in the Multiverse of Madness starting way back when Picard season one came out a couple years ago. And the exciting thing is that 
he he originally said that he thought that Logan was a really good send off for the character, which he's absolutely correct. But then he mentioned in this interview that there are other Charles Xavier's out there in different universes that could potentially show up. And I did like the differentiation they had. I did agree. I say that word right? Yes, anyway. you did. <laughs> um, how he came out in his different chair. He was wearing his green suit. He didn't look like the Charles Xavier that we'd seen in uh, Logan or in Days of Future Past. He looked like uh, a different very. He looked like a different variant. I'm I'm just sad Professor we didn't X. get Professor X's eyebrows from the X Men '97 show. <laughs> you should look them up if you haven't seen them. They're they're something. <laughs> I don't think I didn't watch the whole first season when I got home last night. Um, <laughs> what else was I gonna say? I just the other thing that I was gonna say is that I really think he excel. Like I wish there, I almost wish there's more Patrick Stewart in this movie. I, I say he does so good. Yeah, so I freaking loved it, and I just wish he we had more of him in that film movie because he was just great. But um, so let's move on then. Uh, the end credit scene. So, Bailey, I'm going to say this name, and you're going to correct me. So I'll give you both variants of the name that I read. Is it Clea or Clea? Clea. Okay, so Clea appears, um, played by Charlize Theron. And I'm not going to lie, this is one of those post-credit scenes I didn't really care for, because I was like, oh, great, there's more. <laughs> it's like, it was one of those, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's that... how I felt about it. But what's going on here, Bailey? Who is this character it, played by Charlize Theron? It's a Theron? good... I'll, I'll say this. It's a good stinger for people who understand what it is. Um, Clea is the niece of Dormammu. She is also portrayed as the love interest, ex-girlfriend, wife, girlfriend of Doctor Strange. Uh, she's also the successor of Doctor Strange in the comics. And th they're going a different route with this because in the comics, she is Doctor Strange's student. Um, and so... Um, she portrays the same kind of role that Doctor Strange did in the first movie to the Ancient One. And so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they modify her story for the MCU. Um, it does bring a lot of questions into play. Like, will Dormammu be back since she is the niece of the character? I don't... I personally hope they don't go that route with her being the niece because he was just giant head that only wanted to bargain with Doctor Strange. And so, I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be really interesting when when we see the sequel, if he does come back. At some point, I do want to see Mordo come back as the main villain, like he was set up to be at the end of Doctor Strange 1. And actually, something I really liked that they did in uh, the second movie here is they didn't write him out with a one-liner. Clearly, they had something else like slated for this movie. And I'm glad that they didn't... like say oh yeah we kicked his butt it was super easy and well they kind of did do that when they said that he's mad at him and that he was chasing him around for a couple of years so well, i'm I hoping that they go they bring that back around though i do too because just... he's a big villain for dr strange even if dr strange 3 does have like multiple villains i think it would provide a very interesting storyline for the two because then it begs the question because Doctor Strange is toying with dark magic now, and it gives Baron Mordo even more reason to go after him. And Baron Mordo has turned into this evil person that's trying to kill people or take away their magic. And so it also it, it 
it gives a really good parallel but i also fear that that would turn into the typical marvel movie where iron man fights iron man or captain america fights another super soldier or captain marvel fights another one of captain marvel and so i i fear that that might lend itself to that kind of storyline it needs to have more depth if they were to go that route kind of like shang chi yeah yeah but sometimes those are the reason they default to those stories is because sometimes they're very interesting stories you know they're almost very much two sides of the same coin like they're both justified in what they're doing but in in their own mind at least like even the relationship between magneto and professor xavier is you know very similar except you know they share different powers um but yeah so what is so what does her appearance mean for the so the sake of the universe here yeah so she mentions that doctor strange created an incursion through by traveling through the multiverse um which this does have ties to loki because in loki we learned about nexus events and so doctor strange showing up in the paint world the cartoon world the dinosaur world all of these worlds and landing into the the illuminati's world or universe it led it it began several nexus events which for our listeners that may not have seen loki a nexus event is where the the timeline goes off course and so like let's say i was supposed to eat cereal in the morning but instead i make a sandwich and have that for breakfast that leads to two different alternatives and they can't have those nexus nexus events happen because the timeline gets all screwed up but we know because of the end of loki and their conversation with he who remains that these nexus events are occurring all over the multiverse which is why we got stories like the disney plus show what if uh spider-man no way home and now Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And so this massive nexus event that Doctor Strange created is leading to an incursion. Incursions were explained in the movie as a multiversal war where two universes are colliding and they will have to fend for themselves and one universe will overrule the other or both universes will end altogether. Secret Wars is the comic version of this story, and the storyline involved the Marvel Universe combining with other alternate universes, including the Ultimate Universe as well as the 2099 Universe, to form what's called Battleworld, a world which exhibits aspects of the various universes. And so this this storyline is very expansive, I don't even see how they would be able to do it in two films. So I imagine that we may get a trilogy of Secret War films or maybe even more, four or five films, which would be pretty intense and a a rival to Infinity War and Endgame or the Infinity Saga. Um, I do have some thoughts on where this is heading and what characters may be coming in. But it what sounds do you guys like think a so uh, it sounds like a Disney Plus TV show to me. <laughs> I hope no. not. I hope no. not. Shut <laughs> your mouth, six, Adam. A six episode limited series Secret War show. Shut your mouth, <laughs> Adam. Can we, Dan? Let's just kick him off the podcast now. 
<laughs> you know, in all honesty, I'm not against that idea if they did it really well. Um, but, but, but given their track record. Exactly, yeah. Their track record of only WandaVision and Loki and kind of Moon Knight being their best shows. Yeah. I, it's I just, don't see it's it rough. doing I don't see it doing well. I do have a really big theory though. What is your what is your theory here, Bailey? That it's gonna combine everything established from every studio that we've seen. So for like the last couple of twenty fifteen, Fantastic Four and uh, no, they we can leave that one. Miles Teller can stay in that universe. <laughs> but Do you like think the like fan- the old blades would even be, be brought in with Wesley the new blade Sniper prizing his role? Yeah. <laughs> we can I'm sure a- he'd love to sleep during his his uh performance. There I don't know if have you guys read about the Yeah, uh, he just kept his eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a jerk. It's funny though. But, Get a Blade v Blade versus Morbius. Oh my god. Yeah, crossover. that's the best thing. Morbius is going to be in it. Ugh. I'm just kidding. I I I hope that that will not be the case, but I think that we could get like some of the original X-Men showing up. Uh, probably not like Hugh Jackman from that universe, but maybe Hugh Jackman from a completely different universe. Um, Ghost Rider, Daredevil. The biggest and most, the craziest theory that I have is that the Spider-Verse movies, that Into the Spider-Verse, the Across the Spider-Verse and Beyond the Spider-Verse are going to segue into this. Um, the reason be I think sweet. that is because the title of Beyond the Spider-Verse makes me wonder if they're going to be leading into the incursions and we'll see the live-action versions of um, Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, um, Spider-Man 2099, and all of those people. I, I, it excites me to think that they could be doing that, and if they were to do this, it would it it would absolutely rival the stakes of Infinity War and Endgame on a completely different level and it would be it's such an ambitious project and i could totally see them pulling it off because of what they were able to do but i also fear this because phase 4 so far has not had a clear storyline um because we've had the the mediocre shows of moon knight that hasn't re- related to anything Hawkeye, which somewhat related to Black Widow, which I just want to forget that movie. Um, the Eternals, another movie I want to forget. Shang-Chi seemed like it was going to tie into Doctor Strange 2, but it didn't. Um, the only storyline that's been really consistent is that of WandaVision, Loki, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange. And so that's my fear is that this is the only storyline that has been actually decently good so far. I have a feeling that in the next Eternals or Doctor Strange movie, there's going to be a crossover because the ending of Doctor Strange and the ending of Eternals were very similar. And I wouldn't be surprised if their paths cross. I could see Galactus showing up in an Eternal sequel yeah. or Fantastic Four. I already told you guys who I want to be Wolverine in the MCU, but I'll say it for the pod. It should be Daphne Keene. I agree. It's a sentimental way for the character to come back and they wouldn't have to recast Wolverine and face backlash from somebody else playing. She wouldn't be compared to Hugh Jackman constantly. Yeah. But even if they did, it might be a Robert Pattinson Batman experience too. That's Where true. Where at first we doubt it 
And then we actually see him in the costume and portraying Wolverine, and it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I would. I I don't think the the Spider Verse people would jump in because I feel like that's Sony's own lane. You know, they're kind of they they made success off the end of the Spider Verse, and they kind of want to keep it separate from the MCU so they can have something you know possibly tangible going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be fun to see people from like Days of Future Past, you know, like uh, Sean McAvoy or um, Michael Fassbender. Like that would be super awesome to me. I uh, you don't want to see Jared Leto as Morbius? Oh, absolutely not. The thought of that, <laughs> the thought of that makes you want makes you makes me want you to seal my mouth so I can explode my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I know. It's just like when we're talking about this, it sounds very big and it sounds very expansive, but I also like sometimes, I don't know. I feel Bigger like isn't better. Sometimes bigger isn't better. Exactly. And, you know, in the very literal sense, the last episode of Moon Knight is probably an example of that um, where bigger equals, uh, what are they called again? Kaijus? So, yeah. That was um, so weird. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I kind of, I kind of hope that Marvel is like figuring it. I, I just want to know what Marvel's plan is. Cause and I don't think they even knew their plan because Kevin Feige recently came out at the premiere of Doctor Strange and said that they had just had their, their retreat, their creative retreat to plan out the next 10 years. And I don't think that they had a super clear plan for the first part of the phase four movies. Like, if you look back on everything from Iron Man, the credit scene was the Avengers are coming. And that was very exciting. It was very, it got fans excited. They're like, what's the Avengers? And then we saw Avengers in the credit scene in that and Thanos shows up. And now we're like, oh, they're going with the Infinity Saga. This is pretty big. And it continued building up that storyline of Thanos and coming into the Guardians of the Galaxy and tying into that. And and then leading into the Infinity Saga, the Infinity movies with Endgame. It was very new, and they're the only studio that has successfully done it. And I think that this studio has the ability to do it, but they could easily squander it with how they've been with their recent productions with Eternals, Black Widow, and several of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Dan, so what do you, I want to know what you guys think is going to be the conclusion of phase four because every other previous phase has ended with an Avengers movie. I just or I guess say phase something. three technically ended with Spider-Man Far From Home. Go. Yeah. Phase four, we're not even halfway through it yet. I was looking it up the other day. We still have like eight or nine shows coming out in the next two or three years. We also have seven more movies in the next year or two. Um. Because we have Thor, Black Panther, the Marvels, Fantastic Four, Blade, all of those it is, movies. It is starting to feel bloated because I liked with the previous uh, phases, we kind of had like three, maybe four heroes at a once that we were focusing on. Mm-hmm. Like there was the, you know, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man. And when Iron Man ended, they kind of started Black Panther, they started Guardians. So it was always like a, you know, when one ended, they would kind of replace him with someone else. 
but you know the characters would still be in the crossover movies but now i feel like everyone's getting their own and we're on to like there's like eight nine characters now that have their own movie series or tv show and it's getting hard to like happening concurrently it's because it's phase four has really made it seem like the world of comics and how the world how comics work and so we the first three phases were kind of leading into that and introducing the concept to the general audience like this is kind of how comics work where there's giant crossovers um and so I, I definitely think we'll be getting a Secret Wars movie within the next three to five years. And I I don't think that... I do... You're absolutely right, Dan, with it being bloated at the point. Because it's being hard to... You can tell that these projects don't have the care and love that the first two, three phases of Marvel movies have had. And I think that Kevin Feige's plate is getting full with how many productions there are. I I fear what's going to happen as well. I kind of just feel like, you know, if you've ever been like rock climbing, you like scale up a face, you, you scale a wall, you have a, you have a harness on, you have a rope and you always lead this rope into another like car- carabiner and that hooks you. And then after you're hooked in that one, you can keep scaling to the next carabiner. And I feel like right now, Marvel doesn't know where that next carabiner is. So we keep climbing. Like I feel like through the first three phases, you kind of know this is how this relates to that, or this is where they're going with that. Like you know, you kind of have an idea of the end game, and every movie kind of gives you another like carabiner to hook onto. And I feel like kind of right now, everything kind of just happens, and then you're like, well, wait, like where are we going? Still, we still don't know yet. And so yeah. I feel like that's what Marvel's trying to figure out, and like. And to me, maybe, and maybe that's what I was saying. That's what I was thinking as I was listening to his talk. Maybe that's the way that I've been watching Marvel movies recently. So it's kind of hurting them in my perception because I'm like, I still don't know what we're doing with this. Like they can make a superhero movie. Great. And that, and that, but like, what's the hook? Like, what am I, what are we climbing to? What's the goal here? And like, and that's fine if they don't want to do that. But like, if that's not what they're going to do, then they need to clearly establish like, this isn't phase four. This isn't this and that. Like this is like each character has their own story or, you know, whatever going on with that. Like, I think the movies closest to what you're saying were like the guardians of the galaxies movies when they first came out. Cause we didn't know that they were going to cross over onto, into the Avengers, but they were still entertaining enough in their own right that I didn't really care. And some of these movies I don't think can say that. I agree with Dan on that. I will say this, though. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the first movie in Phase 4 that has given us a sense of direction as to where the MCU could be heading. As far as the overall plot of where all of these characters will end up eventually, I do think that like Moon Knight, Shang-Chi, is just their way of introducing new characters that will have a role to play in the future. And it will be really interesting to see how they bring those characters into this massive storyline because they are so small scale compared to what we've been used to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Um, All the listeners out there, let us know what you guys think about these movies. Um, And then really quickly right now at the very end of it, 
uh, smash or pass Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? Not really, but what were your opinions? <laughs> Final words on this movie. We'll start with Dan. Um, I think it's okay to let Wanda kill people as long as she's having a good time. <laughs> I My thoughts on it are I think it's necessary for the MCU going forward to watch this movie. And it's fun to watch Wanda kill people, especially the Illuminati. I love spaghetti and brain soup, so... Um, it was really fun to get those those deaths and to see her go crazy. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I go for the Marvel and I stay for the Sam Raimi. Um, and I was a, <laughs> I was a fan of this movie. I think I think it was fun. I think it was campy, and I don't know. I'm I'm a fan of that sometimes. Uh, it's just different, and I like to see that they were willing to let Raimi do a little bit more of what he does. The only thing that I feel like they could have cut was the one jump scare where Wanda's like in the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> and she like appears like a zombie or something. That was so. It's it was so very fun, Terminator. Though. Yeah, that, that felt a lot like Terminator walking down the hall. Yeah, like you know, you know, she's gonna be in there or something. I don't know. It was fun, but like, yeah, I like, I liked it. Um, I have a final thought. That's just even though some of these movies that have come out aren't great. We can't pretend like Phase One, Two, and Three were perfect either. We had Thor: The Dark World and Captain and Marvel, the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. So I think, holy, I, I this movie did do, oh, do a lot to restore my faith in the MCU that they they will make different movies and they won't feel so cookie cutter and generic going forward. That they will be fun. You know what I think? This is a different pod, but I think the Martin Scorsese comments really kind of hit them, and they're yeah. thinking. Maybe we do need to think like they're not saying, Oh, he's right. Our movies suck, but they're thinking, how do we diversify? And that's why you get, um, the Chloe Zhao directing Eternals or Sam Raimi putting a real big stamp on Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness. Um, so it's interesting. I agree with Dan. I'd like to, but again, that's another pod. Talk about that at a different time. Um, I believe that should do it for us. You can find us on, um, our social medias. We are AB cinema pod. Um, on Twitter, Letterboxd, on Facebook, we're AB Cinema, and our Instagram is abcinema.pod. Uh, our Gmail is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us your thoughts, your theories. Let us know what you thought of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, your ongoing thoughts on TV shows that you're watching. Let us know what you'd like for us to discuss. We'd love to hear back from you. Uh, I believe that should do it for us. Dan, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. And uh, we hope everyone has a great day. And as always, keep watching movies.